Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. Uh, today, uh, oh, uh, hold on. Hold the farm. Hold the farm. I am your host, Corey Cottrell, otherwise known as Horse. Maybe Dark Horse. Don't know why. Don't care. It's way cooler than Horse. Uh, and we got my co-host, Rio Verdenier. Hey, guys. The Rio Publican of Doom. Dark, Dark Horse was the villain on Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. I do. I do. I do remember you explaining that to me. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I am related to that. Well, the gag was like, you knew through the whole show, you knew that the villain's name was dark horse. And then at the end, it turned out it was literally a horse. So it's just uh, like a horse that was at the head of the evil, evil league of evil. Yeah. I mean that, okay. The, the evil league of evil. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so on today's uh, episode of the moving forward podcast, we are going to make some States. We're just going to like, get a blender and some land and some ideas and I don't know. I'm pushing this analogy too far. Anyway, we're going to make some States. Uh, Andrew Yang has called for the creation of a state for Puerto Rico and Washington DC because fucking freedom. God damn it. Um, anyway, so we'll start with, uh, with Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has been a part of the United States for over a century, and yet its people are still denied many of the rights of full citizens because it is unincorporated U S territory instead of a full state. Puerto Ricans overwhelmingly want to be a state and we should endorse this and to make it happen. Uh, so from the book, Puerto Rico should be a state. They function as uh, one right now without the political rights and bankruptcy protection. Uh, if Puerto Ricans looked like Swedes, they'd be a state already. Fucking burn. We must not only offer them political equality, but help them rebuild their economy and infrastructure. It will take time, but that's what Americans do. Um, as president, Andrew Yang will take all steps necessary to promote Puerto Rican statehood as an overdue step toward equality if this is what Puerto Rico wants. Uh, and again, every time they've ever voted on that or been pulled on that, they want it overwhelmingly. Um, the fact that he's saying that if they looked like Swedes, they would have been already is clutch. Rio? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, something we have to keep in mind is that, you know, like California wasn't always a state, you know, Hawaii wasn't always a state, Alaska mm -hmm. wasn't always a state, right? I mean, like you, we weren't a state and now we are a state. So it's not like he's proposing something crazy out of the box <laughs> radical it's like hey let's just do once again what we've already done over and over and over again in the past and like just give citizenship to these people who are part of our country right it's i mean if we believe in representative democracy right no taxation without uh, representation then there's no choice uh, yeah and in fact they do pay taxes right now so yeah. it's a violation uh, it's un-american that we are not that, that we don't like we, we shouldn't be taxing these people like right now we're evil great britain <laughs> yeah <laughs> you right. know like and and so that's like about as un-american as you can get right mm -hmm. like come on <laughs> um so uh, making washington dc a state uh washington dc has a population larger than two states and yet it is not considered a state uh, this deprives residents of equal representation in the federal government, lacking both representatives and senators to promote their interests. Uh, and yet, they still pay taxes, truly being an example of taxation without representation. Huh, weird. The residents of Washington, D.C. should be afforded the same representation as other Americans, and it should be admitted as a state. Uh, to resolve any constitutional issues, an area of land containing the important federal buildings could be carved out and defined as the capital of Washington, D.C. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, because there was a reason that the founders did want, um, they, they, they did want to have the actual, like, capital of the country. Um, sort of be separated? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there, there, there are reasons for that. But bas basically, um, the problem is you have, 
they couldn't have imagined that this little tiny spot of land around the White House yeah. would have so many people living in it now, right? So that's, that's just, it's just a matter of up, this is really just Yang proposing that we update um, things to like fit the 21st century. Cause like yeah. a lot of people are full-time residents there and they should get the same rights as other citizens. Yeah. They don't have a Senator. They don't have, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Um, and fucking weird people who live on a hill in Idaho have one. So, uh, I'm sure they're not weird. I'm sure people. Well, I, I mean, range. yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, separate from the issue of, the, I mean, but the Senate itself is also kind of a little antiquated. If you ask me, I mean, like they, the, the no time argument. when it was, at the time when it was set up, um, again, they couldn't have imagined that you would have a, you'd have states with you know literally a hundred times the population of other states, um, and and so at some point it's just gotten so out of hand that um, we have well and also frankly and th- this is something that you know people people who want to defend that the idea of you know states' rights and and decentralized power are all good, but. Um, Again, when it was set up, we weren't actually expecting the federal government to have as much power as it has. And so, like, either we need to turn the clock back so that the federal government is basically only responsible for, like, the military, and that's about it. Or we have to acknowledge the fact that since the federal government is so fucking powerful now, maybe we should have more proportional representation in the federal government. I'm just going to let that stand. Uh, From the book because I like the last sentence, hundreds of thousands of Americans right now are denied effective representation at the federal level while paying taxes and living in the shadow of the Capitol. Uh, we should go ahead and make Washington, D.C. a state. I like 50 as a number as much as the next guy, but it's past time for a change. Well, I guess it would be 52. That's not a terrible number. That sounds nice, 50. Yeah, it's like round. It's good. Do you think that's what happened? I wonder if they, I wonder how much of the fact that we haven't added another state is just because people like the emotional simplicity of 50. I can't. I can't have a qualified <laughs> opinion on that. I mean, but like, I mean, I guess it would, it's kind of like, it's kind of like people take it like very personally that Pluto isn't a planet anymore. You yeah. Know? Those people need to calm down. <laughs> but I mean, like, maybe that's it. It's like, no 50 States, man. Like, right. you know, it's kind of like the people who think like um, under God was always on our money. You know what I mean? Like they're just, yeah, they, they grew recent. up with it being 50 States maybe if they really were forced to think about it, they'd realize that it wasn't always 50 states. But to them, America is has always been 50 states. You know what I mean? It's like an yeah. emotional thing. How many people should we destroy the constitutional rights of to have your little happy 50 number? I don't know. Just 52 me, right, sounds like, okay to me. I'm already right. It's exactly like this, but there's always, I always like to link things back to, to direct consequences, right? Like you get to have your cute little opinion about that. That's nice. How, how, how much should we fuck the constitution in the face for that? Just as a, you know, something else you could do is you could just take some of the more populous states, especially ones that also have a lot of land and split them up a little bit. And then you could get us to 60 states. I'm cool with that. Those those <laughs> like things. Texas Cal- and California. I was gonna say. Was gonna say yeah, yeah, California and Texas are probably going to be hard no on that game yeah, plan. Like, turn turn those into four states, and you're you're almost <laughs> to sixty already, and you've got a nice even number. There you go. Yeah, just let Austin secede and move to I don't know. Fucking. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in theory, yes. If I they mean, voted, that, you know, if I mean, they I, voted but, to do that, then because yeah. like having people dynamically be able to self organize, I think would be an actual. Uh, an interesting way to do it, especially as like a lot of the things that we do now are decoupling from, uh, from land anyway. Right. And then maybe down the road, we could have a, a, a map 
where uh, President fucking dumbass McGee isn't saying you can't impeach this and it's like all red because it's all the land where nobody fucking lives. I mean, we right. have two Dakotas, right? So yeah, like- <laughs> that's 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 so one I, and a half too like many if Dakotas. Have, if you could have two Dakotas, you could have four Californias. That's Fuck just, yeah, like and. And still wouldn't have direct representative democracy. And by the way, that's not actually a partisan proposal. That's just about wanting to have more like representation. But like, I mean, if you if you were to divide California up into four, say four pieces, some of those would be red states. It would actually not be in the yep. Democratic Party's advantage to do that whatsoever. So I think it would still that I think, out by doing the right? yeah, depending on how you ger- uh, uh, gerrymandered it, right? Um, right. it's uh which we shouldn't do well there are, there aren't enough big cities in california some of them would be red states right no, I, and similarly yeah, ca- I texas i mean it would be it would be it would be it would it would it would advantage the democratic party to divide up texas um but like you divide both of them up and then neither one of them takes the lead for those people who base all their decisions on partisan team sport mentality that's one way of solving it is just yeah i think there and do it to both I think it's interesting. Yeah, well, do it to any anyone who wants to do it. Um, I think would be would be an interesting uh, uh, solution. Well, for yeah, sure. and there are ways I'm of doing data it. It's, on, just like, that it's just that they're very, very, very hard. <laughs> and, yeah. And frankly, frankly, it was easier to do when the population was smaller. Yes. And nowadays, like team sport, like partisan politics is so entrenched. Plus, you just we have power. hundreds of millions of people. It's just going to be really hard to do anything. Yeah, like that. The amount, the amount of sort of sociological and economic momentum that that much accrued power has will yeah. not give that power up uh, unless they're forced to, basically. Right. Uh, and they and they probably wouldn't. Interestingly enough, I have a there's there's like record number of uh, uh, um, retirements in Texas. I think there's really a non-zero probability it turns blue this year. Oh, that's that's a possibility. Yeah, so, um, I, mean, I mean, it's now that I'm now that I'm a conservative like, Democrat, I guess that's to my advantage. You do want that. Yeah, as long as Yang is the nominee. If Bernie Sanders is the nominee, then I don't know. Oh, I might. There will might. be more conservative Democrats fucking with his agenda. Huh. I hadn't thought of it that way before. That's a good point. So it's win-win no matter what. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Texas turning blue is a good thing. Hmm. Yep. There you go. So can you elaborate on that though? Why do you think, why do you think it's turning blue? Uh, record number of retirements. Cause people are looking at the dumpster fire and be like, I don't want to fucking be here anymore. Um, oh, you mean retirements from Congress? <laughs> yeah. Retirements from Congress. Uh, and I mean, the demographics were already starting to, uh, to move, uh, better Senate race gave us a lot of, a lot of uh, data on, uh, how Democrats are operating in a statewide uh, environment. And they're just starting to figure out how to do turnout in Texas as Democrats, which they've been, been inherently shitty at for a long time. Um, so if you had an Obama level turnout machine in Texas, they would very likely win. Like that's, it's getting that kind of stark now because the, the amount of uh, people you know, that are registered voters or that could be registered voters that haven't even voted yet or whatever is now a, a, a block that can be organized. If it's not this time, um, it's actually pretty likely it'll be next time. I think, you know, th- I, with Trump yeah. being historically bad, it's giving the Democrats an opportunity to actually well, move that this, number quicker. This actually, this actually relates to, you know, one of my pet peeves that I keep talking about, which is that like the Republican party is not really small government anymore. I mean, the, the, the democratic party has an opportunity. All right. So like small government conservatives, like, like myself may only be 15 or 20% of the population, but if you can take 15 or 20% of the population away from your, your, your opposing party it's a super majority. and put them in your party, yep. you're, you're going to win, right? So do you want to attract people like me to your party by nominating Andrew Yang or not? That's up to you, Democrats. Yeah, I draw the, uh, yes. 
especially considering this is the thing like and the reason why this works is because your priorities are met by Andrew Yang's policies exactly. and mine, which are different are met exactly to the same degree by Andrew Yang's policies. So yeah. we can just, we can be, be post-partisan. I know that sounds like a, a, a giant freaking cotton candy unicorn in the sky, except that it can be true. Well, yeah, and you know what? I, I think social progressives and fiscal conservatives are honestly more natural allies um, anyway, like it's it's long overdue for a party, a, a supermajority party, to emerge that just does what most Americans want, which is fiscal sanity and like a celebration of social freedom and free healthcare. Don't okay. get tricked by the word free. <laughs> Government-run healthcare because it's better. <laughs> All right, that that I'm willing to compromise on that one as Thanks, long buddy. as you give me a tax cut. <laughs> right, thousand bucks a month. How's that sound? Well, be that too. sounds that's that would be the biggest sack that I've ever gotten. I would thank you very much. And scene, because yeah, it's because it's me, not Andrew Yang. Not not like Andrew so Yang we, is our because Andrew Yang is our talk. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, we are so excited to be bringing this to you, and we're so excited about the uh, the awesome community, the Yang Gang that's growing up around the candidacy uh, of Andrew Yang. Uh, if you could please tag us on Twitter with the hashtag Moving Forward Pod and uh, find and join the Moving Forward podcast uh, group on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.